Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark Bryan, he joins the show. Mark, what's going on, my friend? Great to see you here on this Friday. Appreciate you taking the time. What's going on? You know, Chris, it is uh, great to see you too. Always appreciate it. Uh, I will say, Chris, that my message today is not very likely to be well received 
um, by the Spurs Up show faithful. Okay, <laughs> it's not very likely to be well received. Um, but we're not here to drop, you know, flowers and rainbows and gumdrops. We're here to spit facts. That's who we are. That is what we do. Uh, that's that's what we're all about, man. So it's always good to be here on on the Daily Crow, man. What's good? Dude, just excited, fired up, man. As, as the shirt says, the road to Omaha begins in Columbia, and that's kind of my mood today. Obviously, your Gators hosting as well. They'll play later today, and uh, it, it's like Christmas if you're a college baseball fan. Hey, I want to bring this to light, Mark. Uh, John Edward in our chat, and I think he tunes into your show on a pretty daily basis, also says, uh, call out Mark Ryan for his bad take, saying that he'd take Billy Napier over Shane Beamer and saying, we don't know if Shane is the guy. Said that uh, Tuesday you mentioned something. I don't know. Do you want to address? Did you? Did you? What, what's what's this? What's this? Yeah, Beamer, no, Billy Napier chatter. On, uh, I was asked on the show Tuesday if today I would take Beamer over Napier mm-hmm. uh, to be Florida's coach, mm-hmm. and I said absolutely not. Like if if you were Florida, Chris, would you take Beamer over Napier to be Florida's coach? What do we have uh, on Napier versus Beamer? Beamer, what we know is that he seems to have elevated the floor at South Carolina, Chris, but we don't know where the ceiling is. Mm-hmm. We have a far, we still have a far greater body of evidence for what Napier has done as a head coach than Beamer. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Florida is headed for an implosion this year in terms of the football program. I, I picked up Athlon's College Football Preview magazine, Chris, and unlike all the analytics models, which seem to really like Florida, I'm totally in line with what Athlon is saying. Athlon has Florida 49th with a record of 5-7 and seven this year. And despite that, Chris, I still am not would, would not be convinced that Billy Napier is not the guy. This is where the roster is today at Florida. So I'll ask you, Chris, um, who has a more established resume as a head coach, Napier mm. or Beamer? I mean, Napier just – out of pure experience has right. has more yeah and he's any he, and, and to, to your point and I'll say this and I think Gamecock fans may <clears throat> they may scoff hearing me say that but we all said when Shane Beamer was hired it's a very unique job and you needed to think outside of the box and make a unique hire well that does not apply to the University of Florida they, they don't need to think outside of the box Florida is what Florida is they have great tradition. You don't have to jump over the hurdles to win big at Florida like you do at South Carolina. That's why everybody knew Will Muschamp was a bum because it's like, well, if you can't win at Florida, how in the world are you going to win at South Carolina where it's harder to win? It's it's unbelievably harder to win big. So, yeah, to your point, I mean, again, I, I would not sit here and say that Shane Beamer, you could just stick in any job and he's going to have massive success because, again, to your point, you know, year one was viewed as a massive success. You go seven and six and win a bowl game. That's a terrible season at Florida. I mean, they just call it for what it is. The expectations are different, right? Winning eight games in year three will be viewed as a massive success at South Carolina. I don't think going eight and four year three at Florida is going to be viewed. You know, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I don't think it's going to be like anything to celebrate, if you make sense. So, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, Chris, just, it's a different you. beast. It's a different beast. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I'll see, Chris, I'll tell you this. Um, Florida fans are going to have to get over their lack of patience mm-hmm. here. You know, um, we I don't know what what your game day experience <laughs> like is like, Chris, but for me, mm-hmm. I'm on a group text with a bunch of my Florida buddies, right? Every every Florida game day. And I said to them, I said, if Napier goes one game better every year, 
if he goes six and six, seven and five, eight and four, and all my friends said fired in year three, <laughs> like, and I'm like, what? But do you know? Do you understand where the program is right now? Mm. You know, um, when was the last time Florida had a successful head coach? Ready, Urban Meyer. That was the last time they had a successful hire. Since then, it's been Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen, Billy Napier. You got to give them time. And Chris, I'm telling you this right now. There's a lot of folks that are going to jump off of the Billy Napier train, Florida fans, non-Florida fans. Um, and I'm telling you, Florida's going to head for an implosion this year. It's going to be ugly. They're going to hit rock bottom. And sometimes in life, hitting rock bottom is exactly what, what you need to do. Um, the, the receipts are going to be due from all of the bad recruiting under Dan Mullen this year. Hmm. And to me, that does not mean that Billy Napier is not the guy. I think Florida is likely to have a losing record this season. Well, Mark, if it makes you feel any better, and you're a college football junkie like me, so you love preseason magazine season, I actually picked up a copy. I've got Athlon. I also picked up a copy of Lindy's magazine. They've got the Gators finishing fourth, ahead of Kentucky, ahead of Mizzou, ahead of Andy. So I think they're actually a little bit higher on Florida. Wait a minute, than, you want uh, me to celebrate the Gators finishing fourth? In the I, I'm just, I'm just giving you <laughs> like they maybe are actually even higher on Florida than you are. So they also have the Gamecocks finishing third in the East, and I think they're higher on South Carolina than probably any other publication you're going to find. They speak on the Gamecocks in an eight or nine win manner, even so. Um, Mark, we got plenty of time to talk football. And of course, I want to get into this SEC stuff and the eight, nine game stuff. But hey, college baseball in the state of South Carolina, man. South Carolina, Clemson, Coastal Carolina are all hosting. Uh, your thoughts before we dive into the Gamecock specific side of things, what a great weekend for the Palmetto State as a whole. Obviously, again, in your position, you talk about the entire Palmetto State. What a great weekend for the state of South Carolina to have three regional hosts and especially when you think about like the size of the state of South Carolina and you know we, we hear that a lot but to have three regional hosts is a huge victory for the state as a whole the state of North Carolina has mm. the greatest number of teams in the regional the state of South Carolina has the fifth most teams in the regional Chris and to, for a state that has is only 21st in population that's incredible okay and so it's and, – and to be fair, Chris, you like to see that because college baseball here, uh, to a guy that has moved 18 times and has lived everywhere, is more popular than, it's, than it is anywhere else that I've ever lived, you know? Yeah. I've lived in seven states. It's more popular here than, it, than it's been anywhere else. So to see that popularity rewarded is cool. Now, Chris, I got to be real with you, man. Um, Anybody who is not a Gamecock fan, okay? And I'm not a Gamecock fan, but I typically in football root for the SEC, so I root for, you know, the Gamecocks. Anyone in this scenario who's not a Gamecock fan is rooting for Campbell, okay? Self-included, okay? <laughs> Self-included. Because Campbell was bent over and robbed. And before anybody hits me with, but the analytics say, but the RPI says, you guys benefited from bogus analytics in football last year. And you might benefit from bogus analytics in football this year. The analytics don't like you. The analytics are saying you're going to go five and seven this year in football. Now, I don't believe that, okay? But you can't point to the analytics in baseball. No, 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 Mark Ryan, RPI is eight. RPI is – you can't point to that 
and then crap on the analytics in, in football. Um, you're either for analytics or you're against analytics. The reality is, Chris, South Carolina tanked the last month. Campbell, um, I don't know how you know the, the regional committee, the NCAA, gets away with doing this. And it's unfortunate because I don't think the Gamecocks deserve to be the bad guy here. But here they are. They are the bad guy. And it's not the only team, uh, you know, it's not the only team, Chris, that got screwed. Guess who the other one is? My own. Explain to me how the Gators, as the number two seed, have to play a, a top 10 team in their own regional. Like, you know, it, at least in the March Madness committee, Chris, they take the worst number one seed and they have them play the best number two seed, hmm. right? So, like, what the hell are they even doing here? I don't care that uh, Campbell Stadium hosts holds 700 people. They earn the right to host. You know, what's more important, Chris, that a, a flock of Gamecock fans can go to the regional on the road or that Campbell, who has earned the right to host a regional, host a regional. And we saw a consistent theme of this <clears throat> with the teams that got to host regionals and the ones who didn't. Where's East Carolina's regional? Anyone Fry Bueller? Like, where's their regional? So, um, you know, unfortunately for the Gamecocks, anyone who's not a Gamecock, self-included, is rooting for Campbell in this series because we all feel like they got a prostate exam. Could I argue that Campbell has more of a beef or should have more of a beef with Auburn than South Carolina? Because it was Auburn's AD who was on the committee who actually got them in as the 16 seed as the last regional host. Can I argue that they should have more of a beef with them? Chris, there's a beef with a lot of people, but you know, I, I think, I think, um, you know, I think Connecticut not hosting a regional is beef. Number one. I think Campbell not hosting a regional is beef. Number two. How does Connecticut end up in Florida's regional? How Boston, does hey, Boston college also who's in Auburn's regional. Yeah. They, they right. were right I mean, there. It's, so, so I, I like, you know, I, I want to make it clear, but at the same time, Chris, you know, we have a propensity to root for the underdog in life. And there's going to be a lot of Gamecock fans that when South Carolina wins this regional, Chris, and I think they will, uh, are going to be saying, well, that Mark Ryan guy, we showed him. He said Campbell should have hosted a regional. Yeah, morons. Home field advantage in a regional is massive. And the home field advantage at Founders Park, everyone knows, is one of the best in all of college baseball. That's because of the advantage that Gamecock fans give them. You're great baseball fans, but that doesn't mean that you would have won a regional at Campbell. Home field advantage is massive in these, in these settings. And I do think South Carolina will win, but I will be pulling for Campbell and pulling for Campbell hard. Because not only are they the little engine that could story could could story these, uh, Chris, but they got hosed and they got screwed. And in your heart of hearts, you and everyone in this chat knows I'm right. Mark, to your point about how big home field advantage is when it comes to making Omaha since the since 1999, which is when this format all started. The number one, so regional seeds, right, one through four. The number one seed, aka the hosts have made it 74% of the teams that have made it have been the one seed. Just 16% were the two seed, 9% the three seed, and 1% the four seed. So your odds of making it to Omaha go from 16% 
to 74% versus being the two versus the one host. So hosting is a very, very big deal. So the Gamecocks just got, what, a 50% increase in their chances of, uh, of making it to Omaha. So you mentioned you think the Gamecocks will win this regional. Obviously, again, Campbell's the trendy pick. I think NC State's a team that's, that's interesting. You know, we saw a team like Ole Miss last year make a run who was very slept on coming in. They were below 500 in their own conference. NC State is that similar team. Their numbers really pop out. I mean, they hit 297, have a 437 ERA. And then even Central Connecticut State is a four seed. The Gamecocks play tonight. They don't have the roster of an SEC team, but they do have some dudes. But you mentioned you think the Gamecocks will advance. Why? What stands out to you? What do you think will click for South Carolina this weekend that maybe hasn't clicked over the last couple of weeks? Well, I'm going to answer this, Chris, but then I have a follow-up question for you, and that is how does South Carolina find themselves again? Because it was a month ago, Chris, on this very show where I shared with you and your audience here that if South Carolina was had home field advantage throughout the postseason, they would be my pick to win the national championship, okay? If you're playing at Founders Park a month ago, I didn't feel like South Carolina lost. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Right? I, I, I And I'm still really seeking explanation for the 5-13 and 13 spell that existed post the Florida series. You know, I'm still seeking an explanation for that. Um, I don't understand for the life of me how, how the Gamecocks host a regional after crapping the bed in, um, in the SEC tournaments, too. Um, but playing at Founders Park in this setting 
is if there is any chance for them to find themselves and recapture their form of early early season, this is their opportunity to do just that. I would put the Gamecocks as the favorite in this series. And Chris, uh, you know, if if it was just South Carolina hosting a regional against other teams, I would say, man, the Gamecocks were um, were fortunate to host a regional. But it seems to me, Chris, that the Gamecocks are hosting Campbell's regional, and that's that's what doesn't that's what doesn't sit well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with with a lot of folks who cover the industry. I know uh, our mutual friend Brad Crawford was kind of echoing the same the same sentiment there. So South Carolina is hosting the Campbell Regional, and because they are, the Gamecocks are a, are a favorite to win, in my opinion. Now, Chris, mm-hmm. can they recapture their early form? Mm-hmm. You know, like what do they have to do to recapture that form that had them a top-five team in America? Yeah, it's a great question, Mark. And I think you look at what led to the downfall. I mean, I, I'm not going to use it as an excuse, but it is something that's an obvious statement. The injuries, I think, played a part. I think this team also just got really, really cold, and it, and it just snowballed on them. Uh, some of the things that I think made them so great, first off, offensively swinging the stick uh, in regards to patience, you know, all those walks they drew and, uh, you know, the, the hit-by-pitches and being able to capitalize on that, I don't think you got those quite as much. And I'll tell you this, Mark, the reason why <clears throat> I've listed Ethan Petrie as my key player of the weekend. Think about this. Ethan Petrie's last home run in an SEC weekend came against Florida. The Gamecocks swept that weekend. He didn't hit one after that in SEC play, and that was the last series they won. Like, the Gamecocks slump directly correlated with his slump. And I know, hey, we don't want to put it all on a freshman, but at this point in the season, you're not really a freshman anymore. And, like, you are the heartbeat, it seems, of the offense. So I think of the Gamecocks, if they're going to get back on a roll, I think Ethan Petra, I'm not saying he's got to hit a home run every at bat, but like, I think he's got to become a bigger part or a big part of the offense. Once again, I, I think absolutely like when he's going, it just seemed like everything else around him was going. And uh, so I think getting Petra and going, I, I think the pitching depth, I think you'll be fine. Will Sanders is back from injury in the bullpen. I mean, to your point, Mark, if they don't get out of this regional, it's not because they don't have talent. It's like I said, all preseason long, if this team doesn't win, it's not because they don't have talent. I think still, even with as good as Campbell is, it's the most talented team in the regional, which maybe isn't a bold statement because it's like, well, no, duh, they're an SEC team. But they're the most talented team in the regional. They absolutely should get out of it. And, uh, again, I think maybe the reset and having a week off will help this team. They're getting back healthy. They're as healthy, I think, as they've been since that Florida series. And, you know, you combine all those things. And I think South Carolina and being at home, like I mentioned, I mean, it's still a team. Yeah, they lost two or three on their home field the final series. But, Mark, they finished the season 26-7 and seven at Founders Park. So, it's a place they're very confident playing. It's going to be a warm weekend. Baseball should be flying. So, South Carolina should be able to get back to form. And again, like you mentioned, Mark, they're the one seed. I mean, they have the greatest advantage. I mean, no disrespect tonight to Central Connecticut State. But, I mean, it's absolutely a game you should win. You should be set up well right off the jump. You don't have to play an NC State or a Campbell in game one. So, um, you know, the Gamecocks, they've got, again, all the talent. It's all about execution at this point. I'll tell you what, Chris, um, you know, the, we're, we're looking at an NBA finals right now where Miami is really talent deficient, right? So I would say Miami, the Miami Heat are the Campbell of South Carolina's regional and the Gamecocks are Boston, right? Boston had two all NBA players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Does the most talented team always win? No, you just saw the Heat beat the Celtics, right? But there were a lot of folks, Charles Barkley and myself included, that said, 
Denver really caught a break not getting Boston in the finals. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, the University of Florida will say we got we caught a break not getting South Carolina in the Super Regional, if that is the case, because you are right. They are the most talented team. I just, you know, I just, I, I have a fundamental problem with a team going 5-13, and 13, not being ranked in any of the polls, and, um, you know, a, a regional being ripped away from a team because of something they can't control, which mm-hmm. is their athletic department's budgets. Um, so anyway, Chris, I've made that point. I've also said I think South Carolina is going to win this regional at home. Um, I, um, you know, my big point during the week, Chris, was trying to figure out how and why um, college basketball is so much more popular than college baseball. Um, And you and I discussed, discussed it on my show. And it comes down to the marketing of March Madness, right, where people that are not college basketball fans are all doing brackets in their office. You know, that they don't even know who these teams are and everyone's doing a bracket. Well, where is the marketing for college baseball who has a postseason every bit the equal of March Madness? It's just not as popular. Yet you look, Chris, at the television ratings and the final four gets a 10 and the college baseball World Series gets a one. Well, look at the ratings history of the World Series versus the NBA Finals. The World Series historically destroys the NBA Finals. So it's not that basketball is more popular than baseball in this country. College baseball has a serious visibility issue. 72% of Americans, Chris, do not stream sports. Okay, 72%. And only 14% of Americans above the age of 35 have more than one streaming service. Why am I mentioning this? Because Clemson and South Carolina's opening games are not on broadcast television. Mm -hmm. Which is a damn crime. Can you imagine for a moment, Chris, that Coastal Carolina, South Carolina, Clemson are all in March Madness and Mm. you got to stream the game? Can you like what are we doing here? Mm. Why is March Madness so much more popular than the College Baseball World Series? Yeah, like like we talked earlier this week, Mark, under televised, under marketed. And I mean, to your to, to your point, the streaming thing with uh, ESPN plus and ACC network plus and all the different channels. It's, it really just screams to, again, the way that the, the, the sport is not given the same light, I guess you could say as March madness, but uh, you know, Mark, to your point, again, you mentioned South Carolina, you've got winning the regional, the coastal Carolina regional, the Clemson regional. Give me your, give me your three winners. I know you already mentioned South Carolina, but of the three regionals in the state of South Carolina, who are your three winners in them? I got three Carolina teams going to the Super Regional, man. <laughs> I got three going a to the clean Super sweep. Regional. A clean sweep. Yeah, I got, nice. I got three going to the Super Regional, man. And I know you're going SEC, Tennessee over, uh, over Clemson. Um, I, I just think current form, Chris, matters so much. You know, for, for 80% of the season, uh, to compare the Clemson to Gamecock baseball, would be laughable at Clemson. In the last 20% of the season, it's laughable to, to compare the Gamecocks. These two teams have flipped a, flipped a switch in the opposite direction, right? And for Clemson to win the ACC tournament, um, the, Eric Backich, the buy-in that he's gotten, man, and I'll tell you, we've had him on our show, Chris. You listen to him speak, you're buying what he's selling. Uh, you're buying what he's selling. But I'll tell you something else, Chris. We've had Landon Powell. 
on the show every single week. Uh, two days ago, Wednesday, we had Landon Powell on. I opened up the interview, Chris, by saying to Landon, I said, Coach, I can't go a day without somebody asking me, are you going to be the next coach of the Gamecocks? I can't go a day. And I said, you're about to play in the World Series for the t- second year in a row at the D2 level, and I'm excited for you, and I'm not going to hit you with that. I just want to congratulate you because I can't go a day without somebody asking me that. All right. So, Chris, let's go back to where we start. Let's go back to our roots. I said the season is a failure for the Gamecocks if they don't make the College World Series, if they don't make Omaha. I believe you said it's a failure if they don't make the Super Regional. Okay. If the Gamecocks do not make it out of the Regional, it's time to make a change, right? Yeah, I mean, I literally proclaimed it <clears throat> yesterday. If they don't make it out of the regional, Mark Kingston should be gone by Monday. So, I mean, it's it's that simple, yes. And, I, and I'm going to – and I think there's still some Gamecock fans that will even – even if they make the Supers, they, they kind of have your mindset. If they don't make it to Omaha, he should be gone. You know, at the <clears> – <throat> I don't want to be hypocritical. So, I said in the preseason, Super Regionals are bust. If they make it to the Supers – and I think it's a quality regional. You navigate your way out of that. You you've you You've accomplished something, but – you know, even then, I think there will be conversation being had because how do the Super Regionals go? Do you, do you face off against Florida again? How does that series go? So, you know, we take these things one step at a time. But to your point, Mark, I mean, there's so much pressure on this weekend because, again, if they don't make it out of the regional, and, again, I don't give a damn what you think about Campbell, NC State, Central Connecticut State, whatever. They don't make it out yet. South Carolina should 110% make a change. It'll just be – it'll be unacceptable. When you think about the type of season they had, the collapse down the stretch – It'll be obvious it's it's time to make a change. So, without a doubt. I agree so, with you completely, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having standards. Yeah, it's exactly. time that the football it's time that the football fans have the standards, right? Success is success, Chris. We all know the reality. A B grade in some households is met with a celebration. A B grade on a report card for a kid in other households is met with a spanking, right? And it's time that uh, the Gamecock fans give a B grade a spanking, right? It's time. You yeah. know, all yep. you got to do is elevate your own expectations, right? We don't throw celebrations for a B. You don't do that. So have high expectations. Hold your team to those expectations. Chris, you know, like people think you and I are these big hard asses. The reality is you and I, man, do not ask anything of our teams that we don't also ask of ourselves. Are we not two of the people that are hardest on ourselves of anyone you know? Mm. When I have a show that I don't like, Chris, I'm miserable. My wife can tell you that. Like, I'm, I'm miserable. Like, and, and it's like the next show is guaranteed to be great because of how pissed I am that the show didn't go the way I wanted it to. I don't hold the Gamecocks or Clemson or Florida to any standard that I don't hold myself to, mm. right? And... You should have high standards in your life, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, mean, yeah. Let's, let's, I, I agree. Let's, let's, let's honor that. Let's yeah, honor no, that. I agree. Have Chad, Chad Holbrook. Have expectations. Yeah. And if you're a Gamecock baseball fan, go get it. Win yeah. your regional. You should. Yeah, Chad Holbrook was fired for much less. The previous head coach, I'll say that. Uh, Mark, last thing before I get you out of here, I appreciate you taking the time, and thank you, by the way, for being flexible with your schedule. Uh sure. Eight-game, nine-game SEC schedule, the single standings format, if you will. No more East and West. 
your thoughts on just the the changes happening in the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league and how it affects the Gamecocks. And I mean, also the Gators, you feel that as well. Just all the changes happening. Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Uh, and then the eight versus nine conference game argument. I think Mark Stoops is a wuss. He's a freaking wuss. And th- to, for this guy, explain to me how Eli Drinkwitz can be okay with a nine-game conference schedule and Mark Stoops isn't. And you know why he's not, Chris? Because they play Eastern Illinois and Youngstown State and Western Kentucky in their <laughs> non-conference schedule so they can get to eight wins every single year. Their, their, their path to success, Chris, is to go 4-4 four and four in the SEC and 4-0 and oh in their non-conference and they play cream puffs. And Mark Stoops said, well, wait a minute. We already have a ninth, ninth power five team. Okay. We play Louisville. Okay. And so what are we going to do now? Do we got to drop our rival? Do we got to? No, be a man. And Nick Saban thinks you should be playing all power five teams. Right? What a wuss. Chris, I do want to mention to you, who was it that uh, broke in November that uh, the SEC would be going away with divisions? I was sitting, listening to Greg Sankey speak in Greenville. And he goes, I'm going to bring you guys into the cutting room floor. There's really a lot of momentum toward getting rid of divisions. And I'm like, I tweeted it out. It went viral, Chris. And then this is true. Mm-hmm. I had two different executives from the SEC offices DMing me angry that I had shared that because they're like, this is not breaking news. And I'm like, well, do you see the virality of this? It's obviously breaking news because no one else knew this, right? No one else knew this was a thing. So what I'm most interested in, Chris, is how is this going to work? You know, in 2024, eight games, but no division. Mm -hmm. So who is everybody playing, right? Who is everyone playing? Like, do do you know who the Gamecocks are playing? I do not, but we, we will get that answer June the 14th, apparently, in a special aired on SEC Network. We will find out who everyone is playing, so... Who knows, man? It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I, I, I will tell you this, and it takes me to this point, though, Mark, uh, and I think you'd agree. All of a sudden now, I think for South Carolina specifically, making going to the college football playoff becomes a more realistic goal than winning the SEC. When you talk about adding in Texas and OU and going to a single standings model, would you agree or disagree? 100%. And the other thing, Chris, is all I want – is for the scheduling model to be equitable. That's it. You know, when they're talking about these, hey, you're going to have three permanent opponents. Have you seen like Florida's? It's brutal. It's like Florida would get Georgia and Tennessee every single every single year. And if if you truly want equity, you got to make it random for everybody, Chris. You know, why not put everybody's name in a hat and do it like the NBA draft lottery? Mm-hmm. where your, your ping-pong balls are taken every single year, right? Oh, but then you might not play Tennessee for six years. Okay, but it's all equitable, and it's mm-hmm. all ping-pong ball-based, and therefore nobody can complain that, hey, man, our permanent opponent is LSU and yours is Vanderbilt. <laughs> the hell is that? Whoever draws Vandy as their permanent opponent has a serious built-in advantage. Mm-hmm. And whoever has, you know, um, Georgia – as they're built an opponent every single year, has a serious disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine if Tennessee gets hit with two permanent opponents of Alabama and Georgia. Hey, good luck, Tennessee. Those are your two permanent opponents. Meanwhile, Missouri gets Vanderbilt and Kentucky. 
Good luck. I just, Chris, I just want it to be equitable, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's all that I ask for. And I think if you do this three permanent opponents model, it's never going to be equitable. And that's my biggest concern with this. I am excited for the fact that you can go 10 and two and make the 12 team college football playoff. And Chris, that is going to be the mark in the SEC and other conferences. You could go nine and three, win your conference um, and get to the um, and get to the playoff. But you're only going to get to the playoff at nine and three if you win your conference and you're not winning the SEC at nine and three. So 10 and two is going to have to be the mark. My big concern, Chris, and, you know, look, you and I, Chris, are paid to have big opinions, right? Um, I'm honestly like Switzerland on this, man, because, like, if I give you my list of pros and cons for the 12-team playoff, my cons list is about as long as the pros. I'm worried, Chris, that that'll spell the end of the Ohio State-Oregon games, the Oregon-Georgia games, you know, the Texas-Alabama games before Texas is in the SEC, because what the hell incentive do you have to play a game that could potentially knock you out of the playoff, mm-hmm. right? All last year, all last year, we remember our memories as human beings. We remember the first thing. We remember the last thing. Um, if Oregon had played Georgia Southern and not Georgia, all year long, they're the <laughs> national championship contender. Mm-hmm. But they played Georgia, and that's all we remember is the 50-3 to skunking at the beginning of the year. And none of us considered Oregon – a national mm. championship contender, right? Mm. So why the hell you'd have to be dumb to schedule anybody to, you'd have to be dumb to have anything but a Mark Stoops approach to the non-conference schedule, Chris, um, once this expands. And I don't think that's good for college football. I don't think the wuss Mark Stoops approach is healthy for the sport. Agree or disagree? I would agree. And there's no more Florida, Utah, I would assume. Maybe no more South Carolina, North Carolina. Who knows? I mean, the Gamecocks, though, play Clemson every year. So it's, you know, add a nine game conference schedule plus that one. But did I say bring it on, man? From the, from the college football fan perspective, nine game conference schedule means one more great football game and more good football is good for business and good for life and just good for watching the game. So I, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I, I understand the argument against it by some, but I, I agree to your point. Like, you know, if you're the head coach at Kentucky, you're the head coach of an SEC school, you're a player there, like, why would you not want to play another great game? Like, I just – against another quality opponent. Like, what do we really get out of South Carolina playing Furman at 7.30 at night at Williams-Brice Stadium? What are we going to learn about the Gamecocks in week two? You know what I mean? Like, it's just – and no disrespect to the Paladins, obviously, but it's just like, realistically, what do you get out of that? So, I'd like to see the nine-game conference schedule. I agree with you. And, hey, I love your model, by the way. That would be must-see TV if we can get the – the ping pong balls or drawing the names out the hat. And it's like complete mystery, like how the NFL does their schedule reveal, whatever. I'd be down for it. So why not? Maybe you should be the commissioner of the SEC or college football, Mark. You got some Chris, good ideas. I mean, let's be honest. That's totally <laughs> random, right? That's random. Yeah, right? no, it is. It we, is. Want, we want, we want it, but random is the only way for this thing to be fair, for this thing to be equitable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. Now I will say, Chris, don't sleep on Furman. Come ready to play against the Paladins, man. Come ready to play. Hey, I think they're um, – I Clemson looked uh, – they're like the 13th-ranked FCS team. They're pretty good, so. Clemson fans don't want you to know that Furman outgained Clemson last year. I was at that game, Chris. Both teams went up and down the field between the 20s. The difference was Clemson got touchdowns and Furman got field goals. But Furman outgained Clemson in that game, and Clemson fans knew they were in for a not-great year 
after that happened. Like I never saw more Clemson fans upset after a dub than mm. um, than that one. So I'm just warning you. You yeah. sleep on the dins, you know. Hey, that you know, Mark. You thinking, getting, thinking ahead, that is getting fu'd all the time if you sleep yeah. on the dins. Okay, that that'll be a very fun week for you and I on your show and on my show, and just the because of the upstate connection, that'll be a lot of fun. Mark Ryan, offsides with Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Mark, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Electric stuff as always, and I'll tell you this: if you ever want to win favor with Gamecock Nation. Mark Stoop slander is a good way to do it. So keep it coming. <laughs> you know, over the course of this conversation today, Chris, they hate me. They love me. They're okay with me. I don't know what it is, guys, but uh, please know I truly appreciate you. Invite you to uh, send us a follow at Mark Ryan on air. That's M-A-R-C Ryan on air. Always love coming on with you, man. Thanks so much. Good luck to the Gamecocks. All right. Mark, take care, my friend. I appreciate you. Have a good weekend.